You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is February 28th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy to be with you here on a Wednesday, a game day Wednesday, as the Orlando Magic prepare to take on the Toronto Raptors. We'll have a complete re- preview of that game coming up. I'm also going to talk about the return, the impending return of Jonathan Isaac set to return tonight if everything goes according to plan. We'll get that confirmed before tip-off, so be sure to follow me on Twitter at philipro underscore omd as well as at omagicdaily for the latest as we seem to be set toward uh, Jonathan Isaac's return. I'll talk about what I saw from him in his G League games. I watched both of those games. Uh, got a decent sense of how he played. Didn't play very much, but did play a little bit and got a, got a sense of him, and so we'll see what we can expect from him this week as he gets back into the swing of things. Should be a good and exciting time. But let's start off today's episode talking about the Toronto Raptors, a team that the Orlando Magic have not seen yet this year. And it'll be the first of three meetings coming up uh, on Wednesday at the Amway Center. And a, a team that maybe the Magic don't really want to see right now because the Toronto Raptors are a very good team. Statistical profile. 110.9 offensive rating, 102.6 defensive rating, 8.3 net rating is third in the league. They're obviously the best team in the Eastern Conference at 42-17. and 22.7% offensive rebound rate, uh, 53.8% effective field goal percentage. This is a team that we know, uh, we know is very good in the regular season. Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, both surefire all-stars. We know what Serge Ibaka can do. But this team has transformed itself this year. This isn't the same old Toronto Raptors. I, I've talked to a lot. I've talked to a few fans who are very much in this championship or bust mode, and, and they view the Toronto Raptors as a team that is not a model for anyone. They look at the Toronto Raptors, and I've, I've had this comment sent to me several times that we don't want to become the Toronto Raptors. I wholeheartedly disagree. What the Toronto Raptors have done this year proves exactly why you want to be a team like the Toronto Raptors. They know how to play the regular season, and they're very good in the regular season. Playoffs are still their struggle, but they recognize that, and they could have made some panic moves, they could have changed coaches, but Dwayne Casey really worked to change that team, and really worked to make the team, kind of like Frank Vogel is trying to do, a more modern NBA team. And so one of the things that they did is, yeah, they've started taking more three-pointers. You look at Jonas Valanciunas, like Nikola Vucevic, taking about a three per game, 45.5% from beyond the arc. Kyle Lowry's a reliable three-point shooter. Serge Ibaka's a relatively reliable three-point shooter. DeMar DeRozan is up to his three-point attempts per game to three and a half per game while keeping his relative efficiency in the mid-range game and getting to the foul line plenty of times. DeRozan, 7.2 free throw attempts per game. This is a Raptors team that is extremely dangerous. They're playing a very different style. They've got some depth now, too. C.J. Miles, Fred Van Vliet, Dellen Wright, uh, O.J. Ananobi, Norman Powell still there. This is a team that, that, that is very difficult to prepare for on short rest. I think that's why they're a very successful regular season team. And, of course... Whether their success or not is going to get determined in the playoffs. But this is still a very dangerous Toronto Raptors team. And obviously, they are the best team in the Eastern Conference as things stand today. That makes them a tough out automatically. 
that makes them an extremely difficult team to take on and an extremely difficult team to face automatically. And obviously Orlando is kind of in a spot right now where they're trying to get their feet under them after the All-Star break. The Magic currently on a six-game losing streak. And while they've shown some nice things after the All-Star break, offensively especially, this is still a team that that you can tell some of their guys are still getting their, their rhythm back. Nikola Vucevic and Aaron Gordon are not quite back up to full speed. And this is a team that has a very small margin for error. And against elite teams like the Raptors, that can be tough. Then again, against elite teams like the Raptors, maybe, the focus becomes a little bit sharper. Maybe the team is a little more uh, keyed in to what's going on and keyed in to try and win the game. Or play at a higher level. Magic have shown themselves very capable of beating some very good teams, even without Aaron Gordon. And they may be without Aaron Gordon, of course, because he uh, apparently re, uh, was was icing his hip and is listed as questionable for the game. Regardless, as always, I say the Magic need to focus on themselves. The, the Raptors are a very good team. They're going to provide a lot of challenges, uh, and the team's going to have to be sharp defensively if they want to come out with the win. But the Magic still need to focus on themselves. They need to keep the, the, the uh, their eye on themselves and do what they need to do. We saw Monday against Oklahoma City, the team struggled to get into a good offensive flow. We saw the team struggle a little bit on the defensive end, getting stops, um, you know, taking advantage of turnovers, getting out in transition. Those are the things the Magic need to focus on. Keep the ball moving. Don't get sucked into dribbling too much. Don't drive into traps. Don't drive into trouble areas. And dig down defensively and get some easy baskets. These are all goals that, that, that are always there for the Magic and always things that they need to accomplish. And you hope that adding back a player like Jonathan Isaac will increase the defense, especially from the bench, which has really struggled, especially on the defensive end. But obviously, this is going to be a tough ask for the Magic at the Amway Center. It's going to be a very difficult game uh, and a very... Uh, very uh, a strong opponent coming into the Amway Center for the first for the first time. We haven't seen the Raptors yet, so who knows how these two teams will match up? And you know, it, it's obviously you never know what can happen any given night, so on and so forth. The Magic have played plenty well against some elite teams. Just think back to the Houston game, or to San Antonio, or to or Cleveland. So I'm not going to put it past the Magic to win. But yeah, this is going to be a tricky and difficult game. And Orlando is going to have their work cut out for them. And again, they have to focus in on what they need to do to score the victory if they want to walk out with a win at the Amway Center. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock at the Amway Center. We'll have complete coverage of the game on OrlandoMagicDaily.com as well as on the podcast tomorrow. So be sure to download, be sure to tune in, and be sure to uh, take a listen. Before we move on to talk a little bit more about Jonathan Isaac, you might want to pick him up in fantasy. No, you don't. You don't want to pick him up in daily fantasy. Not yet, at least. I mean, he'll get you you a few rebounds. He'll get you a steal or two. Get you maybe a block. Field goal percentage not great. But Jonathan Isaac's not really your guy. But if you are playing daily fantasy, I definitely suggest you try out draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but not like the other guys. On draft, you play real live snake drafts with other people just like in your season long league. Here's how it works. It's a draft that lasts for just one night. There's no management. Just set your lineup and forget it. 
And once you're done drafting, that's it. You don't worry about trades. You don't worry about, oh, did I take this guy when, when I should have taken the other guy? Well, you probably might worry about that, but you don't worry about, oh, everyone's going to pick LeBron James. I, 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 need to, I need to find a value by him. There's none of that. You either get LeBron James or you don't. And if you don't get LeBron James, take Giannis Antetokounmpo or, some, or Anthony Davis. They'll even take care of last-minute injuries for you in case, say, you want Aaron Gordon and Aaron Gordon is held out for the game. Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now. And the best part, you play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. No salary caps, no complicated formulas. You just play in a real-life snake draft. Draft your team just like you would in your season-long league. Come and join me on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on Draft.com. Whatever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use my promo code LOMAGIC. That's right. Play a real money game for free just for using my promo code LOMAGIC on your first deposit on draft. And I will see you all in the draft rooms. Like I said, Jonathan Isaac is preparing to make his return to the court. It appears that he is set to go and will be in uniform Wednesday when the Orlando Magic take on the Toronto Raptors at the Amway Center. Very encouraging and exciting sign for the Magic to finally have their rookie back. He has not played in an NBA game since, I believe it was Christmas, shortly after Christmas. He played those three games in December after uh, spraining his ankle in November, and, and it's obviously been a long, long road to get back onto the court. It's been a long road just to get back to the NBA, in fact, for Jonathan Isaac, and I'm sure Magic fans, I am personally excited to see him back out there because it feels like a long time ago, and you look at the statistics, and you're like, it doesn't really seem like Jonathan Isaac did very much. He's not particularly good. His offense still has a long way to go, but Jonathan Isaac, for such a young player, is such a skilled and great defender. I think that... um, I think that it, Isaac is is a really special, special defender and someone uh, that, that the Magic have sorely missed helping them out on that end of the floor. And that is still largely on display. At, at one point last week, Isaac, or at one point before the All-Star break, I believe, Isaac said, I feel like I'm physically back to where I was before. He, he said that he'd actually gained about 10 pounds of muscle um, as part of the Magic's uh, rehab program for him to try and just strengthen his legs, strengthen, just strengthen him in general, just kind of keep him uh, growing in the weight room. Uh, but, you know, it's great to grow in the weight room, and, and that's important, and that's something that he'll need to continue to do. But he's got to play. He's got to get out on the court, and he's got to play some basketball. That's the only way he's really going to grow and mature as a player. And he's still a very young player. Let's not get, Let's not kid ourselves. He's still got a lot of growth to go. But Isaac did get that first opportunity to get back out onto a basketball court over the weekend, playing for the Lakeland Magic in the G League on Friday and Saturday, playing very limited minutes, about four-minute stints at the beginning of each quarter, four- to five-minute stints, really. So he played about, I think, 13 minutes on Friday and 18 minutes on Saturday. And it was very clear watching him that there is still a ton of rust. Um, there uh, Offensively, you know, he was still trying to find his rhythm. Uh, the Friday night, certainly, he looked like he wasn't ready to be assertive and 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 needed even reminders say, hey, you got to go get yours. You got to you got to put your work in here um, while you're here. You want to help the team, obviously. You don't want to do anything stupid, but get your work in and, and make sure that that you you show your talent. And slowly but surely, Saturday, I thought he did that to mixed effect. Um, defensively, though, Isaac is still all right there. Um, you know, the, the timing might be a little bit off. Um, 
you know, but his instincts are really good. His length bothers people. He is, he is at the very least, I think, for we can say for his NBA career, he is going to be an extremely gifted defender. Uh, and I think that you always find a place on the floor if you are a good defender like that. And I think Isaac can only grow, really, defensively because he's, he's probably, yeah, Vogel, Frank Vogel said this Thursday against the, before the game against the Knicks. He said that he's not, and he's, Sure, he uh, he said at least that he thinks that Jonathan Isaac might be the best perimeter defender on the team. I'm willing to go there. I think Jonathan Isaac is the best perimeter defender on the team. Better than Aaron Gordon, better than Jonathan Simmons. Um, Gordon can be very good when he wants to be. He has not shown that all the time this year as his focus has turned to the offensive end. Isaac has been legitimately very good defensively on and off the ball. And I do. Th- and while I think it's more correlation than causation that the Magic fell off the face of the earth when Isaac got hurt, remember... When Isaac got hurt initially November 11th, the Magic were 8-4, and four, and that game was the first of a nine-game losing streak that pretty much ended the season. Isaac, Isaac's defensive presence and Isaac's just defensive calm about him for such a young player, I think would have helped this team. Um, at the time, uh, shortly after, um, when Terrence Ross asked to be taken out of the starting lineup, I thought Jonathan Isaac should have been the guy that they threw in there. I, I was like, he's right. Re- I mean, I don't think he's ready offensively. But the team's problem is defense. Throw him in there, let him play defense, let him grow that way. And if it weren't for the injury, that might have been the direction that Frank Vogel went with. Um, And again, Terrence Ross's injury didn't help matters there either. But Isaac absolutely is where he needs to be defensively. And so I think he will make a contribution pretty quickly on Wednesday night. I think you will notice that he is out there, and I think you will see... That uh, that that he is is he still needs a lot of growth. Still needs to to get his legs under him. Still needs to get his conditioning. But that he's ready to play NBA basketball once again. Offensively, yes, Isaac still has a long, long way to go. The shot is still inconsistent. Um, you know, I I don't think he's quite getting the lift that he wants off his jumper quite yet. Um, you know, with with the ankle, especially at game speed, he could probably do it at practice. No sweat. But game speed is different. So I think there's going to be a little bit of time where Isaac's going to be adjusting to game speed. We'll probably see some slippage on defense uh, because of that too. But I I think that we'll see Isaac slowly get better and better offensively. Um, He had a couple of nice plays uh, in in the game Saturday. He had one move where he posted up, uh, I think it was KJ McDaniels, uh, turned around, or uh, got double teamed. So backed out of the double team. The double team went away, and then he just hit a jumper over, over KJ McDaniels, over his defender. Um, really impressive move uh, and poise, really, from Isaac. I mean, he's he's such a level-headed kid. It's 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 honestly as impressive to me how calm and how smooth Isaac is um, as it is anything else. The guy is just the guy just reeks of confidence um, and just self-assuredness. And 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 I want to see him become more aggressive and become more assertive. It, it, it's not, I think, in his nature to be like the super assertive guy. But he's got so much confidence about his game and very comfortable in what he does and and really willing to play within the system, which which I think is is very important, especially for where the Magic are at right now. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping to ask uh, Frank Vogel, and, and I'll try and write something about this on OrlandoMagicDaily.com before Wednesday's game, what the expectations are for that first game, for the first couple games with Isaac back in the lineup. I, I think that that's something that's going to be interesting to watch. You don't want to put too much expectations on the kid. I'm not expecting him to go out there, score 10, 12 points per game immediately, You know, be a lockdown defender in closing games or starting right off the bat. He's probably going to play 15, no more than 20 minutes on Wednesday. 
I expect him to, to be solid defensively, look for his spots offensively, um, but just kind of get his legs under him. I think that's that's the most important thing. Get get the NBA speed back down. That's gonna that's gonna take some time as well to do. But Isaac is there. Uh, you know, I, I think I think he's he's really developed as well as he can without playing games. He's I think he's back close to where he was before the injury as far as what he can contribute to this team. And so I think that we will see him uh, make some big contributions to the Magic on. Uh, on Wednesday night, and I think we'll see we'll see him only grow from there as uh, as the season progresses or as he progresses uh, on his return. It's it's going to be uh, a good thing for the Magic to have Jonathan Isaac back in the fold to be sure. Um, it, it's absolutely a good thing, and and it has been a long time coming for him to return to the court. With Isaac's return to the court, though, we do. And the impending return of Terrence Ross, who is probably still a few more weeks away. Josh Robinson, the Orlando Sentinel, reported that Ross had a little bit of a setback in his recovery from the fracture of his tibial plateau. He was playing three-on-three, just kind of felt some soreness, so the Magic kind of throttled back a little bit, um, kind of told him to, to ease off something. So we're probably still a few weeks away. Frank Vogel's going to want to see him in practice a few times since he's been out since late November. Um, but... The, the Magic undoubtedly have a little bit of a roster crunch coming. Um, it, it's something that that I previewed and spoke about uh, after the trade deadline when I was looking at the at the depth chart. There are a lot of players that Magic need to play. You know, I, I, if I had to say guys that the Magic absolutely 100% need to play right now, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, Terrence Ross, Jonathan Isaac, Mario Hazonia, Wessa Wundu, are probably the big guys that the Magic need to make sure they get minutes for right now. Just from a to stepping back from the larger tanking questions, if you're trying to develop and get guys playing experience and get guys experience in the roles that they're going to be playing or, or building up trade value or proving that guys are healthy, those are the guys the Magic need to play. You need to give Aaron Gordon the chance to explore his game and continue to grow. You need to prove to everyone that Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross are healthy. Jonathan Isaac will only get better with playing experience, so he needs to get as much of it as the Magic can afford to give him. Wessel Wundu is very much the same as a rookie. Ken Birch, I'm sorry I left him off. He's another guy the Magic should probably be investing in and trying to get playing time at the expense of other players, perhaps. Um, otherwise, you know, it, there 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 isn't a lot to play for on this roster. So, you know, I, I think as the season goes on, we'll see the minutes continue to jumble up and continue to shift and move, and we may see less of Bismack Biombo and more of Ken Birch. We may see more Jonathan Isaac. We may see him start a few games. We'll definitely see him play with Aaron Gordon a few times, and, and there's a lot. Of, I mean, you can already see all the permutations. I haven't even talked about Maurice Spates, who didn't play over the weekend because of a personal issue. Um, it, it There are a lot of questions and a lot of things that Frank Vogel is going to be jumbling the rest of the season. He's obviously trying to win games, and that's perfectly legitimate. That's a debate for another day. But at the same time, yes, there, there does seem to be a secondary goal of, yeah, let's get some of these young guys some minutes and see what they can do. Throw them in situations where they can succeed and, and, and give them chances to, to play a little bit more. But a lot of these guys also bump into each other. Mar, uh, Jonathan Isaac's return brings up a perfect example of this. At power forward right now, you are splitting minutes between Aaron Gordon, Mario Azonia, Jonathan Isaac, and Ken Birch, and to some degree, Maurice Spates as well. 
there's simply not enough minutes to go around with those guys. So you can play Mario Zonia at the three a little bit, which Frank Vogel said before the All-Star break he would probably do because Zonia has earned minutes in the rotation. The way he played the last 10, 15 games has all, has earned him minutes, period, full stop. Discussions about whether he should start are warranted with the way that he has played. But figuring out how to successfully deploy all these resources and all these players is also still very much up for grabs. and still very much a, an open-ended question for Frank Vogel. On one hand, yeah, Jonathan Isaac has to play. But on the other hand, Mario Zoni has played really well. On the other hand, when Terrence Ross comes back, he's going to be pushing for minutes on the wing. And you're going to be splitting minutes on the wing to the two wing positions between Evan Fournier, Jonathan Simmons, Wes Awundu, Terrence Ross, Mario Azonia, and let's say Rashad Vaughn for now. You're already six deep there for two positions. It is a huge roster crunch that I think is going to define a lot of the rest of the season, of the final 20 games of the season or so. How do the Magic manage their roster? Who do they focus on? Who do they put forward? Who do they put minutes into? Who do they invest in with that valuable resource of time? It is a question that Frank Vogel has obviously already been thinking about and already trying to figure out how to how to, 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 to implement effectively while still accomplishing that main primary goal. And yes, that main primary goal is to win basketball games. That might be why Mario Zonia only played 15 minutes on Monday night. Whether that was a good decision, we can debate another day. It's why Ken Birch didn't play that game. I don't know. You can question some of Frank Vogel's basketball decisions on that front plenty. And I think there are legitimate questions about that. If, if the purpose is truly to win, you know, where are some of these younger players that have, that have played very well in, in the absence of some of the injured players? There will undoubtedly be a time where the Magic decide to shut down some of their vets. I, I think that is feels inevitable. And that will free up playing time for some of these other younger players that the Magic want to see. I don't know if we're there yet. And until we get there, how Vogel manages this roster is going to be very interesting. Because, I mean, he's talked everyone up, essentially. Hazonia's played very, very well. He has earned minutes, even if, even at the three where I think Vogel is very uncomfortable playing him. He, he's talked up even Bismack Biombo, who has struggled in the last week or so. But Biombo was playing very, very well with that starting group in the starting lineup. He earned playing time. But so did Ken Birch. And so did Maurice Spates for long stretches. And so Vogel now is, is going to have to make decisions and going to have to come up with a plan and come up with a rotation that accounts for all this information. And that, frankly, is not a task that I envy him because it is not an easy decision. It's something that we can debate for hours in the barbershop and in, in, in the bar, on Twitter, wherever. Something we'll continue to debate, I'm sure. Something we'll continue to question, I'm sure. And I'm sure that's something that Frank Vogel is going to continue to explore and ponder about as well. 
now that he's finally getting a full, healthy roster, something he has not had since October. He's looking forward to it because he knows what some of these players can do. But now managing that roster, managing players as they come back from injury, managing players uh, as they fight and and earn minutes, that's going to be one of his toughest tasks as a coach. I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, as well as Spotify now. You can check all those places out and download the podcast. Get them right onto your podcast-enabled listening device for this episode and all other episodes of Locked on Magic. We'll be back again tomorrow with a complete recap of the Orlando Magic's game against the Toronto Raptors. And on Friday... Friday is one of my favorite episodes of the year. I will have a special guest, and we will talk about some Orlando City soccer with our good pal Austin David. So get excited for that, a little reprieve from the magic before we head into the weekend. I'll talk a little bit more about Orlando sports, which which I do enjoy talking about as well. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd, and, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including up-to-the-minute updates on the game, on the team, as they head into the game against the Toronto Raptors. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com, as well as follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. Right now, uh, we have a complete scouting report from our Ricky Skrika on presumptive top overall pick, Luka Doncic. If you don't know much about Luka Doncic, you will learn a ton about the Slovenian sensation uh, uh, on on our website right now. Great work from Ricky, so definitely, definitely, definitely check that out. Uh, I'm a big Luka Doncic fan. I think he is far and away the number one overall pick in this draft. So if the Magic win the lottery, that's who they're taking. I, I, I don't think it's much of a debate. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with a complete recap of the Magic's game against the Toronto Raptors. But for now, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.